It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you, with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations, so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, and welcome back to the Transfer Tracker Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. And holy crap, guys, it happened. The uh, the floodgates opened up over the weekend. There were so many good players entered the portal today, uh, Monday the 28th. And I guess that's to be expected when you look around. I mean, there's only four or you know eight teams left playing in the NIT and the NCAA. Everybody else is, is finished now, and they have started – you know, legitimately trying to recruit, and the the players that are in the portal, they're, you know, they're they're looking and seeing what you know these other teams can offer NILs, by the way. And you look at the, you look at the jobs that are open. The the, the uh, coaching carousel pretty much is is full or close to it. I mean, I think the biggest job that is still left open is maybe like George Washington or something. And and actually, I was planning in uh, in the next you know a few days or pretty soon we'll probably start we'll you know try to go over the coaching carousel and just um take a look at you know certain coaches that were hired and how that impacts the you know recruiting and uh, transfers but let's just talk about a few of these guys now that we have some legitimate studs and i think it's going to be pretty obvious that uh I'll be working on the uh, rankings list version two we have a lot of guys that are going to be moving into the into the top 10 it appears uh i need a few days just to look over that but no one else has uh has made a ranking list yet so i'm going to keep you know tracking that trying to put guys in place as they come on and hopefully here in a few days we'll start getting more commits and we can start talking about uh guys and where they're going and you know who's building the the best classes of multiple transfers and and eventually, you know, when we see that guys have stopped, you know, leaving that which they can leave up to July first, I think we will, um, you know, actually start looking at the teams and projecting how the teams look. Okay, number one guy, and this guy, he's a stud, man. KJ Williams from Murray State, six foot ten, two forty five. We all know how, how good Murray State was. You know, top 25 team, uh, got to the second round, got upset uh, upset by St. Peter's, but, you know, St. Peter's upset some good teams. And uh, Murray State was a very good team this year, and they were led by K.J. Williams and with his 18 points per game, 8 rebounds, uh, 30 PER. Um, he's like, he's, he's going to be highly, highly sought after. And he can hit threes too. He's a career 35% uh, three-point shooter. He hit 32, uh, 33% last year, but this is, this guy's a stud and he's going to have all kinds of interest. I don't know where he ranks yet, but he's going to give uh, AMAC a, a run for his money as far as centers at least. And, and I certainly thought AMAC was the number one player whenever I did my rankings the first time, but just eyeballing it right now, this guy, he's he's in the mix, and 
I do want to look at a little bit of video, but yeah, he's uh, he's big time. 89 defensive rating, uh, true shooting right at 60.600 uh, uh, last year. 0.623, which Murray State wasn't good last year. They made a lot of improvements. Um, maybe you can attribute that some to you know COVID and whatnot. But they were about a 200 net team last year, but they weren't this year. They were legit every bit as good as uh, what they were you know ranked and and I think got a fair seed and this guy's a three-time Ohio Valley Conference all-conference guy player of the year about uh, Ohio Valley so got to talk about this guy number one do you need a shooter well we have one Michael Jones from Davidson and Davidson they were the number one team in the Atlantic 10 I think they were like a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament. You know, they put guys like Kellen uh, Grady last year to Kentucky, uh, entered the portal, and also uh, Murray State had a had a contributor that was had very similar stats to uh, Michael Jones this year, but on a better team. I mean, Michael Jones, Davidson, they were a much better team this year, I believe, and he averaged 12 points a game, shot 42%. He's, he's a career 40% shooter. 84% from the line, 18 PER, six foot five, and yeah, he's just uh, got a great offensive rating, 123. He's a guy you could plug and play him pretty much anywhere, I think, and and he would have some value. Uh, 0.624 true shooting. Let's talk about a player from Louisville, Samuel Williamson, who was a top 20 recruit in 2019. He's played three years at Louisville. He's been a productive player. Uh, he wasn't so good this past season, but the I, I look back, you know, last year, uh, 2021. I think that I think that's probably a better representation, considering the coach got fired and you know there was a lot of turmoil turmoil around the team. Uh, two years ago, he averaged 9.6 points per game, 8.1 rebounds. Uh, and I, you know, I normally don't put a lot of stock in the recruiting rankings. If you, you know, if you come in and you don't play, you know, and don't perform that well, but this guy came in, he he played well. You know, not superstar level, but he was a good, solid 16 per guy, 0.53 true shooting. Louisville was a, a good team, a fairly good team that year. Had a 99 uh, defensive rating for a team that finished 7th in the ACC that season. So yeah, a lot of people are going to be after him. Uh, let's go back and talk about another Murray State player. Since uh, their coach has left to go to LSU, it's a mass exodus from, from their program apparently. And uh, this is the point guard. He was getting uh, K.J. Williams... Lots of good looks, and that's uh, Justice Hill, who averaged 13 points, 5.1 assist, 19 PER, uh, 36% from three, just a solid all-around point guard on a, on a top 25 team, top 30 team that went to the second round of the NCAAs. I think he'll have a lot of interest. Let's see what his defensive rate. Oh, under uh, 98 defensive rating, uh, .54 true shooting, just very solid, very solid. Little small, six foot one, kind of skinny, but I think he can play pretty much anywhere. We have another big time contributor, this time from the American League, East Carolina. Uh, Tristan Newton averaged about 18 points, five rebounds, five assists, shot uh, 33% from three, 21 PER, 
88% free throw shooter. And this guy's big. He's six foot five, 200, plays point guard. Uh, they weren't a particularly good team. I think they were 185 uh, net rating. But he's doing that in the American point five eight true shooting percentage. Uh, I look back, he was a guy that no one really recruited. He only had about four offers. And this is some, some, one of the weirdest uh, recruiting stories, I think, but just because the guy had averaged 38 points per game in Texas on incredible efficiency. I'm thinking that like his two-point percentage was like 70%, and his uh, free throws was like 89%. And I don't get it, man. I'm, I've never got this recruiting since I first heard about him. Um, 38 points per game, nine rebounds in high school, led the team. I think they were number five in Texas 5A, and his best offer was like East Carolina and I think Evansville or something. But yeah, it was like very, very low-ranked schools. Uh, no, I, I just, I don't, uh, plenty of people will want him after after what he did in the American, though. And apparently he has a brother as well that's on the transfer portal that's pretty good that uh, was coming from Evansville. And I think he had averaged about 13 points per game there and had about a 20 PR. So whoever gets this, this guy might get a package deal with his brother and you know, I think it, it would probably be worth the, you know, getting them both because they're they're both very good transfers, and especially Tristan Newton. Next up, Steve Alford and Nevada taking some hits. They already lost a seven foot center um, who's one of the better ranked players uh, when we did our ranking list. Now they lo- they lose uh, a sixteen point per game, six foot four scorer who averaged 16 points, 5 rebounds, uh, 20 PER, 37% three-point shooting. So the hits keep coming. This guy, he's been a he's a career 16-point-per-game scorer, uh, so you can just about count on it. 78% from the free-throw line, 34.3% uh, career, but he's been better here lately. And Nevada wasn't very good this year, but they were pretty good. They were 16-10 and 10 last year. Mountain West was a really strong conference this year. This is a guy... You know, you're you're putting up 16 points, 17 points, 18 points per game in the American, the Mountain West Conference. You're a serious player, so this guy's going to have options. He he started his career at Brown, where he averaged 17 points a game as well. So he's just a, he's a scorer, a proven scorer over multiple places now, and he'll be coming back for a fifth year and making some team very happy. Ryan Young from Northwestern, six foot ten, two hundred and forty-five pound big man. He's a, basically a three-year starter. Highly, highly productive. Nine points per game, four rebounds this year, twenty-three per, fifty-six percent uh, shoot, uh, field goal percent shooting, and he's done that basically three years, uh, averaging right at nine points per game, uh, five rebounds over the entirety of his three year three years at Northwestern. And he's quite productive uh, each year. Let's just look at his career. 21 PER, .59 true shooting. This is in the big uh, 10. So anyone could use this guy, I think. Let's see how, what is defensive rating? Yeah, 101.6. Probably not a particularly strong Northwestern team. I don't think they did much this year. Yeah, 15 and 16, 10th in the big, uh, big 10. 
uh, not very good last year. So he he was not on any of the. I know the Chris Collins made the NCAA and was pretty good a couple of years ago, but doesn't appear Northwestern was very good. But this guy's quite productive. I think someone can find some use for him. Victor Bailey from Tennessee, and he he's actually already committed. He committed over the weekend, uh, put his name in the portal, and immediately committed to uh, George Mason. And he's from Tennessee. He played at Oregon before that. He was a contributor on both teams. Actually played in the Sweet 16 at Oregon. Averaged seven points. And quite productive. 40% three-point shooter. He's a good defensive player. The reason I'm talking about him is he he didn't play much this year. But he averaged 11 points per game on a five-seed Tennessee team last year. And uh, Kim English, the coach for George Mason, is... uh, was on the Tennessee staff, so that's why he's ended up there. But it's a good get for them. That's a guy that, you know, clearly can play a, a good 3 and D role on a, on a good solid Tennessee team. He's right at 35% career from his three from three-pointer, and he played at Oregon as well. So good, strong pedigree with this guy. I think he's a yeah, 16 PER guy, uh, basically multiple years, right at 15, 16 PER. Very strong defensive rating, under 100 for three straight years. Uh, true shooting, totally acceptable, 0.54, 0.56 when he was at uh, Oregon. So, yeah, like this guy a lot. Good gift for George Mason. Next up, Joseph Bemisau from George Washington. And originally before that, Virginia Tech, where he was a number 74 in his class 2020 so this year, uh, George Washington, Atlantic 10 school, but they were not very good. He, but he did average 16 points, five rebounds, shot 35% from three on 19.5 PER. Let's see what his volume was. Two, two makes a game, 35%. So totally solid, good size at six foot four. Uh, he's quite active on the uh, defensive end. One block a game for a six foot four guard. That's excellent. 1.2 steals. He doesn't facilitate much. That's something that you would like to see a little more of in his profile here. Um, let's see. Nothing too in- interesting at Virginia Tech. He only played 13 games during the COVID year. Uh, 100, 116 minutes uh, total, so a very small sample size. Just see if he's fairly productive. Let 12 PER. I mean, he wasn't unproductive, I suppose. His true shooting was not very good. Uh, this year it was right at .55 true shooting, 19 PER, defensive rating 103, not so great. But uh, he's got the you know the recruiting pedigree out of high school. What uh, did play some at Virginia Tech, so I think a lot of guys will want to take a look at him. Next up, Ben Vanderplas, a Six foot eight, two hundred and thirty pound power forward from Ohio, who averaged fourteen points, seven rebounds, three assists. That's very good facilitating for a, a, a post player. He gets out. He shoots some threes as well. Thirty four percent career, thirty two point five percent. Pretty solid at the line too. Seventy one percent. So I think you can believe in that three point shooting. Twenty point five per. Uh, and Ohio was a good team this year. Uh, of course, last year we remember them upsetting Virginia in the NCAA tournament. They were 25-10. and 10. I think they were about 110 net. But he was very productive for the last three years. In fact, he averaged nearly 16 points a game on uh, – well, they weren't as good back then, 17-5. and five, But he was very productive that year. 
Yeah, seven nearly. Well, yeah, sixteen point seven rebounds. So he's he's been productive for for several years now. Uh, got the size. I think he's going to be a uh, a guy that people in the portal will definitely want to take a look at as well. Career nineteen per point five six true shooting career point uh, five eight was the peak and point twenty. 20.5 PER were the peak this past season. Very good defense. Uh, defensive rating, 96.9% defensive rating this year. So I think he's a, he's a guy that could totally help many teams. Let's see what his awards were. Yeah, first team All-Mac, and then he was third team the two previous seasons. Sean McNeil from West Virginia, 6'3", 210-pound Wing appears he's not much of a facilitator, only 1.4 assists, uh, 12 points, 2.5 rebounds. I think his bread and butter pretty clearly is three point shooting, where he's a 36.8% career guy, and exactly that last year 36.8%, uh, 87% free throw shooter, pretty much career. His numbers are very consistent, um, <clears throat> pretty much throughout his career in this past season. He did peak out at 39% one season. Uh, where he out, This is his second year he's averaged uh, 12 points a game. 12.2. Man, his numbers are – every one of them is like the same, it appears. That's pretty wild. Uh, let's see what his defensive rating is. Oh, it's pretty bad. 108.3. Um, but this is a guy, I think, <clears throat> much like the, the transfer from South Dakota State, you know you, you know what you're getting here. This is a guy that's going to make three-point shots on – Really good volume, yeah. Two point four uh, made last year per game, thirty nine percent. This year was a little bit lower, about two a game. But you know what you're getting here: a shooter, and everybody can use this type of guy, plug and play. Everybody needs to shoot him, especially when you've done it at the Big Twelve level. Manny Bates, six foot eleven, two hundred and thirty pound big man from North Carolina. He played at North Carolina State. Top 100 in his class in 2018 at 98, 98th in his class. He did. He only played one game last year, apparently, and I don't even know how accurate that is. One minute. That just seems like it's probably a miss misprint off of um, you know reference. I see, I've seen that happen a few times. But getting into it, uh, he averaged right at 10 points a game, six rebounds, 2.7 blocks uh, in his best season two years ago during the COVID year. 64% uh, field goals, and he was very productive the year before that as well. Five points, four rebounds in 18 minutes a game, and he was blocking shots like crazy, 2.9 blocks a game in 18 minutes. And then in his best year, 2.7 uh, in 27 minutes. So I guess people had figured out you don't need to go down low or he's absolutely going to block your shot. Yeah, 16% block percentage uh, that, that year, his freshman year. 22 PER, then he followed it up uh, his best year before the injury, two, two uh, 22.8 PER, 65% true shooting. Defensive rating, 94 his first year when he was blocking everything. Really good offensive rating, actually. I guess that's uh, you know product, product of him being under the basket, dunking everything with his high 65% uh, field goal percentages. But NC State, they were NIT team both of these years with him. And then he apparently did get hurt in the first game versus Bucknell on November 
twelfth, uh, so he did not play the rest of the season. Uh, shoulder injury, but that's I like I like that better than the lower body injuries. I think a player can certainly come back from a shoulder injury better than say a knee injury or Achilles or something like that. I believe we've seen that you know in the NBA, even with guys that shoot a lot of threes like um, Patty Mills and Paul George. So I would expect you know a center that dunks the ball and doesn't shoot very much to have very little problem. Jamal Johnson, a six foot four super senior, uh, transferring from UAB, where he didn't play a whole lot last year, averaged 11 minutes a game, four points per game. But the reason he's on the list is because he, he came from Auburn the year before and averaged 9.4 points per game. And, you know, Auburn had a under 500 record, but this is a guy that, you know, was playing a big role at Auburn and he can't, he can't even get on the court. Uh, but 11 minutes per game at UAB because they were that talented this year. They were, I think, they were a top 50 team, NCAA team. Um, so yeah, that this is a guy that has done it in the SEC. Pretty productive, 36% from three. Um, let's see what his other tangibles were here. Uh, boy, yeah, he had an under uh, 99% or uh, 99 defensive rating at UAB, 14 per. 0.57 true shooting. Just totally solid. He was pretty solid at, at Auburn considering. Uh, 12 PER, 0.52. Not, not super special, but this is a guy that was still on the court for a, a good solid P5 team, averaging nearly 10 points per game. I like him. I think he's going to have you know, a, a good role. He seems like a, a solid 3 and D type guy. Career, 36% three-point shooter. And that's playing at Memphis, Auburn, and UAB. And at Memphis, he was a seven-point-per-game guy as a freshman. So he's he's a guy that's been a high-quality, you know, role player. Not like a knock your knock your socks off guy, but who knows? He might move down to a to a lower level school than even UAB, where he can you know play a bigger role. That's what I would expect. Why, why else would you come back to college for year number five if you? To, you know, if you, to ride the bench, you've already done that at UAB and um, whenever you started at Auburn and, and Memphis and played a lot of minutes. So I, I see him looking for a bigger role. Moving right along, try not to spend as much time on guys like that next time. Uh, Jermaine Kuznard, he's a, another guy that played in the SEC at South Carolina. And, man, their, their team's just mass exodus since uh, Frank Martin has been fired. And this, this is a guy that was a three-year uh, double-digit per game score at South Carolina, averaged 12 points per game this year. Career uh, 11.6 points per game. Doesn't shoot threes very well. 32.3 percent. Uh, six foot four, playing 24 minutes a game. 14 per. Mm, let's see, defensive rating no, not so great. 101. Uh, the offensive rating was not so great. But this is a guy. He you know he's sucking up. 29% usage. Wow. And 0.5, true shooting. You know, that's uh, when you're, when you're the number one guy or one of the number one options on the team and you're not very efficient, but maybe he can go to a, a role where he's a lesser guy can concentrate more on defense and, and that efficiency can come up some, but overall 13 uh, PER point four. 7-0 true shooting in his career. All SEC freshmen. I mean, he's he's got some potential. And most of these guys I've talked about had some all 
awards. I hadn't. I, I should have been looking to talk about those. And this isn't the last time we're going to talk about a lot of these guys that we've talked about today. They're going to be in my next rank, uh, ranking list. So we'll we'll do a little bit more research on that as well. Next up, David Jenkins Jr. from Utah, and he's had quite a journey. This will be his uh, sixth year in school wherever he lands and he started his career at South Dakota State was a 20 point per game score 19.7 uh, 45 wow 45 percent from three 3.5 make makes a game South Dakota State I'm sure they were awesome they're you know 30 and 5 this year yep 24 and 9 that year so yeah, he's he was obviously a good player. He went to UNLV. He averaged 15 points a game there, um, 41% from three on 2.7 makes there. He had made 3.5. So yeah, high volume three point shooter. Uh, didn't really work out so well this year at at Utah. He he didn't play as much. 8.5 points per game. Three point shooting is still there. 40% right at 40% on 1.7 makes and only 19 minutes per game. Free throw shooting right at 80%. Um, yeah, this guy's totally solid. You can plug him pretty much anywhere and, sp- and expect the three-pointers to uh, to fall a steady stream of them. Career 17 PER player, and that's playing uh, half his career at UNLV and Utah in the Mountain West Conference. And So, yeah, he's, he's someone certainly to watch. Let's see what his awards were. I can go ahead and look that up here. First team all summit, third team all Mountain West Conference at UNLV. So this is a, a very solid guy. I think we'll have to see where he ranks, but he he certainly will be in contention. So that's it for today, guys. There was just some incredible talent on the market. You know, if I call this, I'm gonna call this episode I think the floodgates because it really opened up a lot of guys that I think you're gonna see in a top 50 ranking of, of mine and hopefully everybody else's. I think. You know, many of these guys today uh, certainly look the part. And I think what I'm going to do in the next uh, week or so is probably do some deep dives on at least some of the top, you know, five to ten guys. I think we'll start digging in deeper on them, looking at um, some video, uh, just more in depth than than origin the original times I've talked about them. And you know, these weekly updates. I think we're getting to that point now, especially whenever they start, you know, committing to these schools, but they're they're getting contacted left and right. And I think it's become pretty clear who the top 10 or so are. So I'm going to start doing deep dives into them. And thank you guys for being here. Bye. At Vanguard, this is more than just a retirement plan. This is your cappuccino date in Italy, the beach house with the matching bicycles. It's your rental car down memory lane and weekends reuniting with friends from over the years. This is the future you imagined. And Vanguard is here to help you build it because at Vanguard, You're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation, distributor.